Hey everybody, welcome to an episode of Industry Relations with Rob and Greg. This is Rob Hahn, your co-host. My other co-host, Greg Robertson, should be on the other line. Greg, are you there? Hello, Rob. <laughs> How you doing, Greg? <laughs> doing good, man. It's been a long time. <laughs> it's been way too long. Uh, seriously, I think we, we, we owe an apology to the audience. Yeah. You know, if we have any left, because, you know, we've been so silent yeah. for so long. <laughs> well, maybe absence makes the heart grow fonder. We never that know. That is the hope. The absence does make the heart grow fonder. It, yeah, I've, I've been missing you, man. Like, how yeah, is no. everything good? Well, good. I mean, I know you've you've moved out to Vegas, and uh, I've been out there and missed you. Yep. You've been to Orange County, and I've been – I missed you in travel – was traveling. And so, uh, now that you're on the West-ish coast – what your west-ish coast? I mean, well, Las you Vegas don't have a specific time. You know, well, yeah, you don't have a coast next to you. That's no, we don't have saying. a coast. That is true. <laughs> that's, we do not have a coast. We're just west. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we're doing this on the phone here again, um, or you know, via the internet. Yeah. But uh, the more live stuff we can do, I think it's going to be good. Yeah, I know. You know, I, maybe uh, CMLS might be the next real opportunity. For yeah, me. yeah, absolutely. Cool. I'm glad you're going to that. Yeah, I've got some. I've got some plans. I've got some plans. Excellent. Which hopefully we could talk about in future episodes. But uh, yeah, so you've been just traveling the world, the startup life, the entrepreneur's yeah. life. Yeah, I just got back from Vegas where I was. Uh, I hosted a panel, a great panel um, with yep. um, Jeff Turner yep. and, and Greg Fisher and uh, Sarah Trent Miranda from uh, CRMLS about at the uh, Stephanie Hills um, yeah. from Greater Las Vegas. Uh, yeah, MLS Tech. Yeah, MLS Tech Forum. Uh, Stefan was there. Swanapool did a mm-hmm. keynote, but had a great time there. She always puts a, a great event on. Oh yeah, and then I mean just the regular, you know, different shows and stuff. So I think I'm here all week. I, I'm going to go up to Los Angeles because they have the car conference, the CAR conference. Right. I imagine they're calling it. So that I'm going to stop up there for a day or so. Right. But otherwise, just you know, getting ready for our. You know, fourth quarter here, man. Want to bust it out? Yeah. When did things slow down for you? I, well, t- to me, I always say it's you know after Thanksgiving, it's just it's it's nowhere it's nowhereville, right? Really, yeah. All so right, we have we'll to get have everything to, done before then. Yeah. So maybe we'll have to plan some long. I don't know something after Thanksgiving. Yeah, absolutely. Now that I'm out here, and uh, maybe you should come out to Vegas, and I could introduce you to ballistic therapy. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> oh jeez! You know, I you know I tweeted this, but um, I was at this. You know, speaking of conferences, I was at the Orange County Association of Realtors Tech Fair. Well, uh-huh. not, it, was, it wasn't Tech Fair; it was just fair. Yeah. And we, uh, meaning uh, WNR Studios with Cloud Agent Suite, was the only technology vendor in that entire expo, right? And That's unusual. It was unusual. It's it's become I, you know I don't know if that's a norm, but um even at the uh, Las Vegas the tech forum, not a lot of tech companies there. I think Lone Wolf was there and some others, but not not uh-huh. a whole lot. But um one thing too was uh, there, at the Orange County one, there was a line at the Learn How to Get a Concealed Carry Permit booth. Wow! All right, I, that's good news. I, I've never seen that kind. I love of, to I mean, hear I, that. I thought the jewelry and the scarf king would be. Would be rare, but no, it can still carry now. It's kind of scary. I but, love yeah. hearing that. That's awesome. Yeah, I knew you would. You know, the more more uh, more realtors, responsible realtors with guns. Sure, that's yeah. right. I actually have a Facebook group named that. I believe it. Yeah, and hopefully uh, I'll get you in, in that one of these days. But 
So David, so we got so much going on, you know, I don't know where, where we even want to start because uh, it's been a while and there's been a lot that's happened. But, uh, you know, in our sort of our pre prep, you know, period, we're talking about, it, it, we're almost themed this the Tremors episode, right? Yeah, exactly. All right. Maybe you could explain why. What, what do you mean by Tremors episode? It just seems to me that everywhere on, from brokerages to franchisors to agents to portals, there's stuff going on that's, you know, kind of like these tremors that could be a hint of bigger things to happen. Maybe maybe the tremors don't turn into full iron earthquakes, mm-hmm. but there's a lot out there. Whatever kind of whether you're a vendor, an agent, a broker, a franchisor, a portal, you know, anything touching, you know, organized real estate. Yeah. Um, there's just a lot of stuff you gotta go, oh my God, what how yeah. is this gonna how is this gonna affect me? Right. So we yeah. could go down a laundry list here, every industry here. Yeah, every, no, every facet of the industry. Yeah, definitely. As uh, some have said, "Oh, sweet saint of Saint San Andreas, hear my prayer." <laughs> yeah, kind exactly. Of deal. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I mean, of uh, there have been a lot, but what, like, what comes to mind for you as kind of like the biggest or the most recent tremor that you're going? Yeah, what, what's going yeah. on there. Yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, I was reading your your blog post, and this is about um, these new rule, the FCC ruling, and right. IOS software and carriers. I don't know uh, about kind of these. Um, and I, I, I was inspired to write something after reading yours because right. I've been hearing a lot of chatter in the industry, not only from agents, but also vendors of right. how my phone now, it says, you know, possible spam caller. Right. IOS now with their new 13 release. Right. Is now it'll silence people that it thinks are, you know, calls that it thinks are spammy or, or not not warranted. It's got some sort of AI in there. So right. if iOS 13 has that, you know that Android's going to have some feature like that, which is right. most of the phones out there. Right. So it's just going to be tougher from, from an agent's perspective. Let's say that they've got a lead from Zillow and they're going to call on it right away. Right. And they try to reach out to that consumer and that consumer never gets their call because their phone or their carrier identifies them as a risk. So there's, there's, you know, or, or they're, they've got, they're using some sort of predictive analytics software that says, Hey, this, this home is likely to sell. And they try to reach out and contact them via, you know, calling them on the phone. And again, that flags that agent as, as a possible risk as far as for a spam call or, you know, on the other side for vendors, you know, I've been at Zillow's office here in Irvine and they've got a huge call center Mm -hmm. and, you know, they're calling agents and dialing for dollars as they say. I wouldn't, cl- I mean, you know, you could say boiler room, but I mean, you know, there's a lot of these telesales centers. I mean, when they're trying to reach out to agents yeah. and sell them something and, and their calls get identified as like a possible, you know, telemarketers or something. I mean, you know, there's so many things where, you know, a phone call, and this is not just in real estate, but, I, you know, I, since this is what we're in, it's, it's, I think it's going to affect a lot of different things. Yeah. I know a lot of vendors, you know, need to, um, Call eight. I mean, I know a lot of their business models rely on telecenters, and I know agents for sure. Right. You know, following up on a lead. So this this is one of those tremors like that is out there that could cause a lot of problems for a lot of companies, whether you're a vendor or an agent or a broker. Right. No, and I, I completely agree. And I thought that you know the the interview that I did with Chris Dreher, and he's yeah. the one who sort of like wrote that post. You know, on yeah. the Revaluate blog, and like kind of, you know, and I love Chris because he's like. I feel like he might be the the only person who is more hyperbolic or you know, has more hyperbole than I do. <laughs> like, this will kill lead That's generation. I was like, all right, yeah, drama. 
you know, he's, I think, I, I think we got to give him credit for sort of really raising that, that awareness, but you're right. And we were, we talked about it on this like interview format that I'm trying out with. And that's one of the things that, that really, and I, I think the, the idea of this is a tremor makes the most sense to me, right? Because right. And this is something that Chris and I kind of discussed, so maybe you and I could talk about it. I think the question is, does consumer behavior now change, right? Because of this this technology, because of this, you know, new rulings, because of these changes, and I think what the biggest question was: Does this mean like the the return of voicemail, right? So Chris was saying he thought this was the end of voicemail. It's like the death of voicemail. No one's going to leave voicemails anymore. I'm kind of like I don't know. I mean, would wouldn't people kind of now train themselves since spam calls are now all blocked? You know, all legitimate phone calls. Mm-hmm. Like somebody's going to leave a voicemail. Right. And then I get to decide whether I call them back or not. Like, do you think it changes? Yeah, I that mean, way? I'm probably I'm more on Chris's side on this because I, I, about a year ago, I changed my outbound voice message to read, Hey, I rarely check my voicemail. If you really need to get in touch with me, please text me. Right. You know, I'm sure I've got probably five or six voicemails in my, my uh, mobile phone's box. I just don't check, or maybe I'll take a scan at the transcription as you talked about. Yeah. But, um, you know, to me, voicemail has been dead for a while. It's just such a very, it's an inefficient way of getting information. So yeah. I, I I don't know if this is, the, if this is the, the death of voicemail or just another nail in its coffin. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm not a big proponent of listening to a sales guy's voicemail pitch. Well, either, that's right? true. So, right. That's true. Um, yeah. I don't uh, know. But on the I, other hand though, right. So I'll give you an example. Like I recently had to do this myself, right. So by the way, I, I've turned on the, you know, block whatever call right. on my iPhone. You know, so I'm waiting to get here some status from uh, about a uh, shipment, right? I'm yeah. having a truck shipped out here to Henderson. So I need to know like where's the driver, right? Yeah. So I've, you know, uh, I call them and, you know, I leave them voicemail because I figure you're a business, you have to listen, right? Right. And then I'm waiting for them to call me. I'm expecting that's never going to come through, right? Because I'm not adding them to my phone book. Right. So now I feel like I would go and see, okay, is there voicemail? Because I don't want them texting me either. And unless, like to me, if this- Oh, like, I'd, rather, I'd prefer a text. I'd prefer agreed. texting if Trump is on the, the way, right? Rather agreed. Than voicemail. Agreed. Yeah. But you know, if it's like, if I don't want you know voicemail spam or telemarketing spam, I certainly don't want text spam. And I get enough of that as well, right? So like- you know, there's there's been apps I think uh, out there like RoboKiller is an app that I've, mm-hmm. I've been using and I think I'm still using until we figure out exactly how this whole iOS 13 implementation is. Like because of that, I do kind of check my voicemail more often to see. Yeah, I think there's I think there's got to be better transactional kind of communication yeah. solutions out there, and I think those will kind of get fixed. What I worry about is that companies and well, mostly companies. They're going to spend more time and effort trying to hack systems than they are on what they really should be doing, which is like making a great product and right. having great experiences with their customers, right. right? If they would spend all the goddamn energy that they're trying to do to come up with ways around things as they would trying to hack these things, I mean, they wouldn't have this problem in the first place. Right, right. I, you know what? This is part of, and again, Chris and I kind of touched on it, but it, it really is a little bit of... I guess we'll call it like tenderization of everything, right? Mm. Or bumbleization of everything. Meaning, like, you know, that, that he because he was right. Dating now, everything is about swipe, right? 
you don't even get to contact anybody until they express interest in being contacted by you. Right. So I don't know how this is going to play out in the overall general, you know, sort of technology space, but it's like like what Apple is going to put into place, what I've heard Android has actually had for two, three years and all these apps, you know, the whole notion is pretty good. It's, I think it's pretty clear. And I think it's a, it's a great step forward because, I mean, nobody likes getting sales calls, right? Unsolicited pitches. Nobody likes it. So nobody likes it. But yet, I mean, there's been a lot of companies that have, have done and, and built successful businesses on it. Oh, no, no doubt. I mean, no yeah. doubt. No, so what I mean by that is like, again, it, it, to me, it's a little bit like I've started understanding a lot of human relationship in terms of dating, right? So, <laughs> yeah, if you if you were to just walk up to, you know, and just go and ask like 100 women, do you like getting hit on? Everyone will say no. But if they're single and they're at a bar with their friends and like a really good looking guy does come up and like start talking to them, they don't feel like they're getting hit on. Do you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that's somehow an exception, right? So, it's yeah, like- and I- yeah, yeah. So what I mean by it is that consumers all say like, yeah, I don't want any anybody calling me until they get a call from somebody that, you know, really is, knows what they're doing and is offering them some sort of product or service that they do want or need. Then it doesn't feel like that, right? Like I've done telemarketing yeah. and I know, you know, it's like, you you know, that whole process, like, yeah, you, know, you know, nine times out of 10, they're just like, you know, how'd you get my number? Like lose my number, right? Don't call me. But that one time out of 10 or one time out of 100 or whatever it is, like, they do say, oh, you know, I hadn't thought about buying the subscription yeah. to the theater and I love the theater or whatever. You know, like you do get that once in a while. And so it does work. It's just, you know, consumer behavior. And I think we've all psychologically changed because it's, like I said, it's the tinderization of everything. Like you don't yeah, want to be think contacted. A, a dating is probably a good analogy there. I remember reading something recently about how, you know, we would have to back in the day, you'd go to a bar and you want to dance, you'd have to walk over there. Yeah. Your buddies are all at your, you know, at the table you're at and you'd, you'd go over there and ask the girl to dance yeah. and she'd shoot you down and you'd go back and your your bros would give you a hard time yeah. or you'd have to have that kind of human interaction. Nowadays, yeah. I mean, this article was talking about how, you know, they got to follow you on Instagram for a week. They got to know yeah. the people you are. It's yeah. like, there's this whole kind of other type of dance, this digital dance happening before they think it's creepy. I mean, if, you know, a girl in a club sometimes nowadays is like, what are you just coming up to me like that? I yeah, mean, yeah. I don't even follow your Instagram. Yeah. Right? right. So it's it's like, it's it's becoming a lot different from uh, old guys like us for, I mean, not, you know, that's, I was just going off of your dating analogy. But, but I mean, it, yeah, I mean, I but that, it works I think in translates sales. to, yeah. I think that translates to marketing and everything else. That's too, exactly my sure. point. Yeah. I mean, I think the dating analogy is really effective from a sales standpoint, right? And if we are moving to that, and that's kind of what I was bringing up with Chris Trayer is, you know, we may be moving to a place where all businesses, companies, individual agents, brokerages, like all businesses have to really start kind of, uh, I, I don't even, uh, and I, I, as I think I put it, you know, they almost have to, tr- to start adapting the more female approach, meaning you just want to produce great product have awesome service, have other people say nice things about you so that people who are interested in that then comes to you, right? They approach you. This notion of, I'm going to do this active outbound sales effort, it may no longer work simply because the whole society's changed and now technology is catching up to how, how we all, you know, human beings want to be communicated with. Like we don't want unsolicited contact. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right? I think the, the companies that are going to win are the ones that are focusing on inbound marketing and content marketing. Correct. And of course, the North Star has got to be 
my company follows this or tries to at least is is having great product, right? So I mean, right. I think in the long run, this is this is going to be a good thing for everybody. And you know that that actually raises an interesting question because the North Star, as I put it in in the cast, is and in the article that I wrote, is you want to have a brand. You're right. I mean, product is a huge part of that mm-hmm. brand, but you know, you actually want to get to a point where people just come up to you. They just call you, Greg, and say, hey, I understand you guys are like the best CMA product out there. Or, hey, I understand you guys have the best agent tech tools out there. You know, tell me more about that. Like that That's almost what you want. And so you yeah. want that brand. So you translate to real estate and it's it's kind of interesting, right? Because we know that there are some of the top producers in, in the industry right now actually have that brand where people call them up and say, I understand you're like the number one agent. I understand you're the best you know, realtor in, in, uh, in my area. The interesting thing about that is the gap between then starting the business to when you get to establish that brand. How long does that take? And what does it require? I don't know if anyone's really done a whole lot of study or training around that. Do you know of any coaches or any organizations that, have, that you know, sort of focus on that? Meaning like, okay, you're brand new in the business, right? You have no brand, no clients, you have nothing. How long will it be before you can actually establish that brand where people will start calling you? And what do you have to do to get to that point? Are there anybody that does that? Well, again, I think, you know, real estate's, you know, maybe all businesses based on relationships, but you could have, you know, somebody who's just a social maven that right out of the box will have such a uh, sphere mm-hmm. of influence or a lot of people they know that they could start selling houses right away. It's that experience and, and the service they provide to, jumps if they got a jump start like that that they can that they'd be able to to maintain right that business right so it's always about you know to me there's the biggest reason reason businesses fail is because they quit too early mm-hmm. people just don't have that persistence in them mm-hmm. right they you know they it's just it's a hard arduous process but even once you get that you've got to maintain some level of you know of remarkable as seth godin puts service right, right. P- things that that people remark about Right, and that's that's a tough thing. But as far as you know, timelines. I mean, after starting, you know, or having three different businesses, to me, from my standpoint, it's like five years before you really get any big traction. Right. Right. Um, I, I don't know for real estate. I don't know who's um, if there's been any studies looking at at real estate agents in, in particular. But um, you know, it all depends, I guess. Yeah, I mean, that's, it's obviously a challenge because, you know, I, th- I thought about it after I did that whole thing. It's like, okay, I know I have a brand now, right? Right. But I don't know how long it took for me to get that brand. And I, I don't know how I did it. Like, I don't, I, I have this brand sort of unconsciously, right? Like, mm-hmm. It's not like I set out to be, let's get branded as a shit stirrer. You know, that's not, yeah. that's not how this happened. It just kind of right. happened. You know, and then I'm like, yeah, but now going forward, like if I'm a business, if I'm a real estate agent, like how do I establish that brand when I can't do outbound marketing? Do you know what I'm saying? Like that, yeah, I feel like yeah. that gap is – so from a tremor standpoint, who knows how what will happen and how consumer behavior is going to change and you know, maybe the technology will become flexible enough. Because you know, like I said, lead follow-up is the perfect example of where somebody might want unsolicited contact because they've expressed interest – Generally, being hey, you know, I want to hear from real estate agents. Right? Yeah, I'm, I'm but, I mean, 
we've done a lot of um, investing in this in, in inbound and content marketing. I was just at this content marketing conference in, right. in Cleveland a couple of weeks ago, and and we've attended stuff like Email Marketing Summit, and these are all about inbound, having people come to you, right? right. I only did it because I hated, I've done it before, I just hated managing telesales. Right. You know, you got 30 guys in a room and I just, it's just, right. and it's just a recruiting nightmare and everything else. So right. we were just going down this road because I just didn't want to do the other way, right? Which, which I knew can, can be effective, but you know, it's, again, it's about being remarkable. So, I mean, you know, I've been doing some writing and, and thinking about this and, you know, stuff like, uh, you know, simple idea of, uh, so, you know, a lot of times I'll take, when I get up, I'll take a morning walk just around the neighborhood just yeah. to get kind of juices going. But imagine an agent who creates an Instagram account about their farm and, and as they're making their morning walk, they take a picture of each of a house. Right. And they remark and say something positive about the house. Oh, I love the shrubbery. I like the way they did this remodel on this particular, you know, the Cuesta model right. or whatever. Right. And just over the course of a year, they might have had an Instagram feed that has every house in the neighborhood right. that they've kind of commented on that everybody in the neighborhood's called. I mean, there's so many ideas. If you reach out there, just, I would say to agents, I mean, just, you know, Google inbound marketing, mm -hmm. Google content marketing, and you're going to find a lot of different ways that you can kind of use those techniques to help you grow your business. But again, it's, it's going back out to kind of creating some content that people want to consume and enjoy. It's like things have come in full circle because this, I remember this was what everyone was talking about when blogging was the thing. Remember? Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. I think you and I got, I mean, for me, yeah. uh, you know, I've been, a, you know, creating software for a while, but Vendor Alley has been a, a great, just being, and again, being consistent. Yeah. Uh, having it around for a long time, you know, blogging about different things since 2007, right? Yeah. That's helped me out a lot. It gets my voice out there. Yeah. And it's gotten, you know, it, it gets a little bit ridiculous where, you know, I'll go to these events and they know me more for, you know, being a blogger. Right, right. Than the CEO of a software company. Than the CEO of a successful yeah. Yeah. software company. Yeah. So, you know, it can, it can turn differently for a lot of times. <laughs> With respect to real estate agents, I'm thinking about something, trying to make a connection that wasn't obvious before I started talking to you, which is something like this. Okay. So we know that things are going to change and we know that things have to go towards establishing a brand and inbound marketing and being remarkable, all of those things. Okay. That's all true. But like we said, you know, look, it might take five years, right? It might take five years of consistent effort before you as an individual agent can build up enough of a content base or enough of a following or enough of a brand or whatever to a point where people are going to consistently start coming to you saying, hey, I understand you're... Like, you know, the expert in this area, you know, I'm looking to sell my house. So let's say take five years. What that says to me is maybe it's one of the things that we have to think about is this is going to make agent teams that much more important going forward. Okay, hear me out on this logic. Yeah, no, right? I know. I agree. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, the idea is, okay, well, that, what that means is once you have a brand, then you have such a competitive advantage and it's going to be much, much harder for future real estate agents to come up to your level because they can't do any outbound marketing, right? Or they can, but it's not going to be as effective as it was before. You know, the hour of powers, the banging the phones for four hours, like that, all that shit is gone. It's out the window. Okay, well, I think that gives such an advantage to incumbents. All right, so if those agent teams become more powerful, then I think we have to talk about California AB5 because you're a California resident and- mm -hmm. uh, I believe Gavin Newsom signed it, right? I, I think so, yeah, yeah. 
but yeah. we we know he was going to sign it. So. Yeah, it was signed. Yeah, yeah, it was signed. So now we know, at least in California, like yeah, I know real estate agents are exempt, but it's not really an exemption. So AB five, I mean, the whole gig economy, you know, this real attention being paid to independent contractors, and you know, my whole take on that for years and years has been. I don't believe that agent teams have independent contractors. I think agent teams have employees, right? And it's just a matter of time before that gets, you know, really tested in court. And I'm fairly convinced that the agent teams will lose. So yeah, I don't know. To me, that's very inside baseball, though. For for stuff like this, they're looking like, you know, and of course the realtors brilliantly by CAR whoever got exempt. Oh, they did great. Yeah, yeah, they did great. The same for NARA with the taxes back in the day, but. Mm -hmm. Go associations, woo! But you know, if you you go to realtors and then and the lawmakers are going to go, okay, well, let's yeah, but not what about the teams? Mm-hmm. I mean, it just seems. Oh so, no, it won't be lawmakers. No, no, so great, be a lawsuit. granular. No, right? no, I mean, I, I, but who's, I I'm saying it's be a lawsuit. Just lawyer. You think lawyers are going to find that out? Absolutely. Yeah. There's no question. Absolutely, because what what AB five specifies is real estate agents will be handled under the older quote Borello right standard. Okay, brokerages are probably fine under that standard because they don't tell their agents how to do anything. They don't require anything of the agent, you know, pretty much. Whereas agent teams, you know and I know, like that's mm-hmm. the only way a team actually works is if you are able to tell your team members, you're going to use my CRM. Those are my yeah. clients. You're going to, you know, put the team name on all of your advertising. I mean, that's just well, part why, of- why is it just that? I mean, the, the, the simple cure for that to me would be. Why doesn't the agent just, uh, or you know, the team lead mm-hmm. become a broker? Right, <laughs> right. right. You know? so, and it's here's like, the okay, it's, just, it's a name. It, you know, what's in a name there? No, right? no. But that's exactly it. I thought about that. So if they become a broker, that the name isn't what matters. The what matters is forcing the agents to do stuff. Yeah, but how are they, I mean? So I'm sure that there's brokers out there mm-hmm. that are team leads. And they're doing all the things that you're you're saying, but it's right. it's almost but, impossible for anybody to kind of identify each each business practice of each team out there. I, I don't. I, I mean, it's just a. Oh, I, again, I don't think it's really, that hard. really granular. It's no, really but it's granular. it's really not that hard because all it takes is one lawyer, right? Some agent who's been let go, who's been fired, or you know, whatever, didn't make enough money, so they left, and then they go, "Well, actually, I'm owed unemployment insurance. I'm owed." You know, reimbursement for you know MLS fees that I had to spend. You know, I spent all this money on stuff that my broker told me to get, and uh, I'm an employee, so you owe me all this money. I mean, that's how this happens, right? And then the lawyer, I mean, all they have to do is go do a deposition. So, okay, do you require your agents to put in all the data into the company CRM? If the answer is yes, guess what? You're you're an employer. You know, I mean, it's almost that simple. My point is that brokerages today don't require agents to do anything beyond just like pay your fees and right and just yeah, give me a I split mean, you know i think if, i think if you're like it team realty no if you're a realty franchise and you want to get paid yeah you have to submit it through their back-end system right okay i mean it used to be called quest i don't know what yeah, it's called yeah. now yeah i think you know command i mean i think gary keller famously said on stage at i think a swanapool event like the reason why he thinks he's going to get good adoption is because if they don't use it, they're not going to get paid, which to me kind of like was a signal to saying that somehow the way that they get paid their commissions Mm -hmm. has to be through this particular system, which is tied into all their other shit. Right. So it's going to be very nuanced to, to identify those things. 
And I think all it does is it takes a lawsuit, right? Yeah. Because once you have uh, some court somewhere that says, well, if the system were only used for processing commission checks, that's okay. But in this case, because the system did more than just process commission checks and actually led to, you know, CRM and customer information and transaction management and all these other things, that rise to the level, you know, of whatever, you know, violates the Borello instrumentalities test or whatever. And now you're, you're an employer. Right. Mm-hmm. All it takes is that one case, and then every broker, every agent, team owners, and then have to make a choice. Uh, so I see that happening. The I don't know, is- man. I mean, I'm pretty bullish on realtor associations like NAR mm-hmm. and CAR. They've done a pretty goddamn good job of protecting their membership. Right. Whereas, like guys like Uber and you know TaskRabbit people, whoever right, they're not right. as organized and don't have that kind of clout or treasure to defend and lobby against this stuff. So, I mean, you know, not to be overconfident for these people, but uh, it's good to be, you know, it's, you know, for everything that everybody kind of talks about, you know, the triple pay and all the stuff. I mean, this is where associations really shine, right? In this, in these types of scenarios. Yeah, absolutely. uh, with policy and law, lawmaking. Absolutely. And and I, I would agree with you 100%. I, I do. Like, if it comes to lobbying, if it comes to legislation, then the realtor associations are, you know, not to be trifled with. It's just that they don't have a whole lot of power in courtrooms. Right. Well, they're, but their job is to keep them out of the courtroom. I, right? I, like, I, I understand. If it's in the courtroom, they haven't done their job. Yeah. I, but what I'm saying is like, look, AB5 passed, right? CAR got what they wanted. My point is that even under that, the agent team is likely an employer. And now those agent teams are becoming more and more powerful and they'll become much more valuable because of the death of outbound marketing. I'm just making that connection on this mm-hmm, call, mm-hmm. right? No, I get that. So what it says to me is like that issue potentially is the next big sort of tremor that we have to watch out for, that we have to look at. Right, right. right. Whenever that comes and however, what whatever form it comes in, and I think it will be in California, I think it will be with some class action lawsuit against... You know, and that that might be the saving grace that there's no class action lawsuit against an agent team, right? Like it, this is going to end up yeah. being some ambulance chasing lawyer gets a client who says, you know, I went broke because of real estate is because of the Joe Smith team, right? Didn't uh, pay me my back wages or whatever, right? And it's going to be a, a fairly small case, but I think the impact of that decision will then be holy crap. And, you know, it's like, what do you do? If you're a team owner, yeah. at that point, you might as well make them employees because it works. Like you have the brand, right? People are calling you because no one can call them. You know what I mean? All of those things sort yeah. of play into it. And I think that's where we might see some real sort of changes to the structure of the industry, right? Yeah. No, I think it is as this theme of this talk is about tremors. Tremors. It's, you know, this whole gig economy being kind of poked at is mm-hmm. definitely a tremor for this business. What we talked about in the beginning where, you know, technology and policies are kind of doing a clampdown yeah. on telesales. That's definitely something going on um, as a tremor out there that could break up to a full earthquake. Yeah. Both of those issues yeah. could Huge break into a full earthquake. So yeah. let me ask you this. I mean, so that at least that's all on the agent and broker side. So given those two things, how do you think it impacts the vendor community? Because you're much more kind of in touch with what's going on there. And you mentioned like, okay, like Zillow's entire, you know, telemarketing team, like they may not have a whole lot to do coming up very soon, right? So let's take that same question, right? Where I'm saying it may become much harder for the brand new agent to actually establish a brand, which then potentially forces them to join 
like a larger agent team for the first five years until you know he or she can develop a brand. How do you think that plays out with like vendors and startup companies and so on? Like, yeah, I mean it's a it's a tough it's already tough, right? Yeah. So being the owner of a of a, a SaaS software company, you know, software as a service, yeah. And you know, I've been thinking about this for a long time now, and and this kind of falls into it, but really it's been an issue for a long time. And and then you know, if you read all the SaaS stuff out there, there's a ton of things because it's a great business. It's probably the best business model that's ever been invented, mm-hmm. right? This subscription software stuff. Mm-hmm. But you know, it, it's all about like a negative churn and how many logos you have and and acquisition strategies mm-hmm. and retention strategies and everything else. But it kind of and you know, I, I read that stuff, all that kind of like you know, entrepreneur porn mm-hmm. kind of stuff, mm-hmm. right? But you know it's it's so different in this, and I've I've talked about this on before. But real estate is such an aspirational business, right? right? It's pretty easy to get into. You know, they watch all these guys. They think they're you know on Millionaire Real Estate New York or mm-hmm. or you know uh, Chip and Kelly, and and people want to be these guys, right? They see it on TV. There's like probably ten shows on television about real being a real estate agent, how cool it is, right? right? Um, so there's like a there's this crop out there, and then. You know, uh, I remember watching Glenn Kelman at the last Inman talk about agent churn in a sense, mm-hmm. where you know I think the the number was close to thirty percent a year. Yeah, are churning out right. Yeah. So, so and I know from our own business that you know when we do surveys of why people are living, it's not because the the data sucked, the software was hard, they couldn't get a hold of support. It's they're leaving the business. That's right. They right? couldn't make it. They couldn't make it right. So it's not. And I have famously said this too. I, I don't like to spend any money on retention. I would have to re- spend. I mean, how am I going to convince a realtor to stay in the real estate business? That's what the, the the retention is about. It's not about using cloud CMA more or any other products. And <laughs> and this is something right. all vendors have to deal with, right. right? So when I read all these kind of blogs about you know SaaS blogs about retention and churn and lowering your churn and right. how seven percent a year is what you want to go for, I'm like. Fuck you, man. Right, right. I mean, there's just no I, – I, I can't – it is not – you know, our, we have a SaaS-based business, unless you're an MLS, but even those, those guys yeah. have, have that type of thing. Where you can't look at those kind of metrics that a lot of these sites put out and, and reply to real estate. And, and it, it maybe happens in other industries. Um, so it's hard. It's like where do you focus the things on? I still think that, you know, kind of new agents are – are still something that are fresh and they're wide eyed mm-hmm. and they're mm-hmm. aspirational and I think they they should be something you should focus on. But you see companies like Zillow, they just said, uh, you know, remember a long time ago they were going for the quote unquote super agent or agent teams. Yeah, they were tired of dealing with. So yeah. they went and like they discovered early, fuck those guys, right? We're going to go straight for the premium of the crop. But even those guys, I think even on the premier agent side, which has been flat, right? Yeah. It's been like what, maybe ninety thousand out of the one point three million. That was the last um, stat they published, right? Yeah. So I mean, that's a you know, let's say that Zillow's very good at what they do, and that's is that the market? Is that your TAM? I, for this I think whole, so. Whole thing. I think so. That's worse than the eighty twenty rule, right? Yeah. I mean, this that's like the ninety five. It's like ninety ten, um, and, I, and I yeah. I mean, it's worse than it's that. Worse than ninety ten. Yeah. Ninety thousand. Yeah. yeah. No, it's it's tough, man. And then you know you have. Uh, if you're if you're working with MLSs, you have pressures on adoption. But when you talk to MLSs, you know, fifty percent of their membership haven't you know done a transaction. Seventy percent have only done one transaction in the last year. That's right. 
it's an interesting market out there, an interesting industry to be in from the perspective of subscription-based software, right? Right. So what I think vendors have to do is that, again, as I said before, they got to focus on great product. They got to focus on great customer experiences. I don't think the answer is like shunning new agents or or do anything else. I think you know that you have to reach out to as many people as possible. I would say you have to reach out retention, not retention, but acquisition is really where you should be spending all your money in and hoping that during the shakeout, you keep the ones that are, are going to make it. And hopefully your solutions are one of the reasons why they make it, right? You know, I don't know. This might be a rant I'm going on. No, no, you know, no. You know, it's I, something I live on day to day, right? And, and struggle with. What, what um, you actually said, though, sparked something else. Because, you know, again, we haven't talked in a while. And this, the theme of the show is tremors, right? One of the tremors, and I think that Chris and I kind of touched on this as well, is sort of this notion that the entire SaaS type business model might actually be a little bit threatened for real estate for the reason you just kind of mentioned, hinted at and mentioned. Like, yeah, you do have to reach out to all the new aspirational, like I want to make it, you know, kind of folks, but, you know, 30% churn a year, like, oh my gosh, right? What do you do? And on top of that, you know, everyone's sort of expecting- Think about that, 30% a year, that's like almost every three years, it's an entirely new set of people. Like I, I, t- I tell my people all the time, they have no idea who Cloud CMA or what Cloud CMA is. Right. None. Right. Because, you know- Because they're brand it, new. It, yeah. They're brand new, yeah. all of them. Yeah. Right? So don't don't assume you have any brand recognition in this industry ever, 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 ever. But the thing is, though, like the top 10%, you know, so wh- whatever that TAM is, whatever the total addressable market is, whether it's 100,000, you know, top producing realtors, or maybe it's 200,000, who, who, who knows, right? No one actually knows what the actual number is. I mean, that those people aren't going anywhere, right? Those top agent uh, team owners and those top producing agents, like they've built their brand. Right, they have a sphere. They've they've got the relationship. They have that depth. So you know they're not going anywhere. They might spend less money, you know, if the economy turns, but they're not going anywhere. So the thirty percent churn a year to me is almost like the bottom thirty changes every year. You know, <laughs> like it's it's almost how to look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, so given that, the way I'm going to touch on it is this: maybe the way forward for vendors, all vendors is copying what Zillow's doing with Flex. You know, in other words... Referral-based models? Maybe that has to be that way. No? Like some sort of success-based you know, based approach to things because you're going to have 30% churn. And I don't know how that plays out. I don't know if that's right. I don't know if that's wrong. You know, I've, I don't know if there's any data available to this. I don't know if there's... I, I just don't know. But if we're saying, okay, there's going to be 30% churn every year, uh, retention doesn't actually mean anything. You got to spend all your time and money on acquisition. The problem with brand new agents is unless they're coming from money, right? Unless they're coming in with a big fat bankroll, right? They're the ones who really can't afford to spend a whole lot on stuff like tools because they're all aspirational. Well, yes, and, yes and no, because of their aspirational nature, mm-hmm. is sometimes they get in there like they do spend. Right, they want to get started. Right. They, they, you know, they're looking at the whiz bang thing, and like, you know, they're going for it. Right. I mean, right. so is it, it all just it, front loaded it, then? I mean, so the idea is okay. So you have this bright eyed, you know, new agent who's like, okay, I'm going to be, you know, uh, was it Chip and Joanna? Right. I'm going to be a yeah. millionaire real estate agent. In order to do that, I have to invest in my business. So I'm going to go spend, you know, hundred thousand dollars this year. I don't know if it's it's that you know? much, but I mean, you know, an app for thirty five bucks a month, maybe. Right. Right. It's just, you know, making sure you deliver on the value proposition that you're giving them, right? right. I mean, 
I look at a lot of stuff, this is being kind of positive. I mean, I think the better products, the great products are going to rise to the occasion, are going to rise above and the, anything less is going to be, it's not going to be able to, uh, to make it right. So, um, the companies that are, the, the companies that are focusing on great product and great customer experiences, whether you're a vendor and or a broker or an agent, those are going to win, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. and 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 then I don't buy, you know, they're going to shut everybody else out. I mean, things change. Change is the only constant thing, right? right. So the fact that, you know, you see some of these companies that are, are high now doesn't mean that some upstart's going to come in and, and change the whole game later. Oh, of course. Yeah. Right. Uh, even as far as Zillow is concerned, I mean, look at Zillow. Yeah. Right, I mean, Open Door came in and shook and rocked their world. Absolutely, no question right? about it. So, so even the guys that you, even if Zillow's become a verb, even those guys are threatened. Oh yeah, so, of course. Um, I don't think just because you get a good brand and everything else, you're just you're set for life. No damn ways. As Jeff Bezos says, every day is day one. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it is worth pointing that out. Just because you've established your brand doesn't mean that you don't have to reestablish it every single day. I mean, you absolutely do. Right. Yeah, uh, you know, you you you've got a brand, a you know, very successful one, and I think most people who are like full time, you know, sort of uh, serious, you know, been around for more than a couple of years in this industry knows Cloud CMA. You know, they they know that, right? Um, Except that every three years, nobody does. Right? No, but that's my point, dude. If that's <laughs> yeah. not true. Every three years, you have a third of the potential market has is brand new and they've never heard of you. Yeah, but yeah. you know, the third of the market, or so the, the other two thirds. Or whatever, right? Of the market that's been around, like they know, you know, uh, it's just yeah. a matter of, you know, do I want to pay for this? Do I not want to pay for it? A lot of them, they're not going to pay for it because they're getting it through the MLS or they're getting it through their broker or franchise or whatever. But, you know, I mean, it is what it is, right? And again, I don't think it's, um, you know, just circling back a bit, you know, on this kind of being, I guess we were talking about telesales, but it does factor in like the hustle, right? Mm-hmm. I, I've probably been guilty of this before where I prefer like this inbound and people coming to me and just setting that brand out. But Everyone does. I have been out hustled before. There's been vendors out there that have been pushing a lot harder than I on right. that I have with with different product or inferior product and they got and they got a deal because right. they were hustling more, right? right. So um, I think it's a combination of both for sure. Agreed. All that people are suggesting, at least when it comes to sort of more of a widespread consumer type approach because of changes in technology, because of changes in society, because of changes in things like FCC rules, like hustle may no longer actually mean anything, right? That's the whole Chris Dreher death of lead generation. You could hustle yeah. all you want. If nobody's picking up your phone call, like who cares, Yeah, right? But yeah, I mean, you still do have to like earn the brand, you know, every day or switch the brand or pivot the brand or what, what have you. It's going to be a real interesting challenge over the next. What do you think? Like, I mean, like I said, how long before this settles there, out? There's so goddamn many tremors out there. there. Are. You, you know, yeah. we have not even touched upon what's going on with the, uh, and we probably don't want to until this, but the coming soon stuff. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. We haven't touched upon like the WeWork IPO and how that affects other SoftBank things. We haven't touched upon yeah. the the reorg at, at, at Realage. I mean, there's so much goddamn stuff going on at, below the surface yeah. here. Either one of those things could be a full-on earthquake. And you know, the yeah, other back other tremor is what everyone's kind of expecting, which is that 2020 is going to be a down year. Yeah. I mean, I've heard, uh, yeah, I've heard that. Right? Yeah. I mean, everyone's kind of been wondering and preparing, at least mentally. Well, here's the other tremor we talked about is like, so the Fed's just lowered the interest rate again. Right. And if we actually have something that's actually, you know, happening, yeah. some sort of turn, what 
tools or devices is the government going to have to fix it when we've already spent all our things because it's not that we had a problem. We just wanted to do things faster. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just, yeah. there's a thousand nightmare scenarios out Correct. there for sure. Lo- tons and tons of tremors and who the hell knows. But having said all that, I think when we get right down to it, if you're just kind of doing your thing, great product, great service, great brand, you know, and you earn it every day, maybe, you know, as, as all these tremors like actually actually come into play and become full-on earthquakes, like, we'll just figure it out. All right, you know, I guess I got to move left now. I got to move right, you know. I have to move forward. I have to move back. You know, I've got to retrench. I've got to do these things. So, it's just, you know, it does come down to that, like, nimbleness, you know, might become, like, the most important thing going forward. The fact that you mentioned coming soon, like, if nimbleness is going through the key sort of skill to have for survival, man, MLSs are, they they got some some soul-searching to do. Because there are a lot of things, but nimble isn't one of them. We'll see. And that's that's all yeah. my strat planning stuff that I do every day. It's like, it's so interesting. Like every, just about every MLS CEO, every MLS board I've talked to in the last two, three years has placed, you know, real emphasis and importance on we need to be more nimble, right? And everyone knows yeah. that. And yet when, when like push comes shoves, like, well, we want to be nimble, but not, not at the risk of, you know, threatening our, like, you know, status quo. It's kind of like, well, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know what no, to tell you. Yeah. It's going to be hard to, you know, be nimble, but maintain the status quo. Like that's kind of doesn't, that doesn't work, you know, so we'll see. And that's probably they a topic got a tough for, job. They've got a they got a tough job. They really so, do. I mean, I they know. really do. I mean, I I actually think some of the toughest jobs that people don't appreciate is like CEO of a large regional MLS. Oh, you know, and trying to balance all of the competing interests and all of the I mean, politics. small MLSs, you know, medium-sized MLS. It's all. Oh yeah, no, but they're yeah, nightmare. absolutely. It, though it's just hard across the board. I'm just saying, like specifically the large regionals where you have like. 12 different shareholder boards and all of their leadership and all the, you know, like those are, that's just a whole different level of complexity is all I'm saying, you know, whereas, yeah, it's, it's, I'm not saying it's easy if you have a, you know, a thousand person MLS with what single association, no, it's still hard there too, right? It's just like orders of magnitude harder when you've got multiple associations all compete against each other and some of them don't like each other and, you know, all that stuff. I mean, it's just a, I don't even know what job like correlates to that, you know? You have to be a master diplomat, you know, master administrator. You know? Roger Goodell or something? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, something, you know, except it's like, you know, I don't know. You don't have a set number of teams who are definitely always going to be around, you know? So, you've got that issue. It's it's a tough job. So, yeah, those of you out at the audience who are like MLS CEOs, like just understand, Greg and I got mad respect for you. No. <laughs> a tough job <laughs> anyway all right listen i mean I, we could, could keep going but i you know we're almost at an hour and uh we've i, I know yeah, we're gonna yeah. be planning on on a special edition coming up soon you know based on what could happen in the industry i'm looking forward to that we'll just be a little bit mysterious and tease it how, how would you tease mm-hmm. the, that greg I, I would say uh look for an episode coming soon that's right <laughs> <laughs> Coming soon to industry relations near you. <laughs> oh man, awesome. I would just say if you guys are anybody interested more about this kind of um 
call telesales stuff. I mean, read Rob's blog. Uh, I wrote a post yep. about Inventor Alley. There's also um, Chris Dreyer from Reevaluate, and also Jesse from uh, Call Action. That's I right. Think, who Chris talked about? Um, he's he has a blog post on That's it. Right. So. Um, you can check all those sources out. That's right. And uh, hey, listen, if you guys are feeling some tremors in your local area or in your neck of the woods, let us know. I mean, I you know, this is this is a theme not just for the show, but maybe for the rest of 2019 into 2020. Tremors. Who knows? Things are just happening beneath the surface and we don't know mm-hmm. which one's going to blow up into an actual full-on, you know, disruption. So... With that, uh, thank you all for for listening. We're, we apologize that we've been kind of uh, silent for a while, but hopefully, uh, as uh, as the year kind of heads towards Thanksgiving and after, you know, we'll we'll be able to be back with y'all more often. Yeah, thanks everybody, and uh, we appreciate the support. Absolutely. Thank you. Take care, everyone. Take care. Mm-hmm.